Welcome to another episode of Jen and Ojami's with me, Marvin Schneider, and the ever-present Jen Ward, and also Darshin. Hello, Jen. Hi, Marvin. How are you? Good. What's happening in Jen land? Well, I don't think your your delivery was perky enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we want to do a retake? No, it's good. I'm just teasing you. Yeah, how's everyone? Accused... Welcome to another episode of Jenna Jammies with me. Marvin. Marvin accused me of not being perky enough, and I said, Marvin, I can't even stand myself. Huh? <laughs> well, no, no. I, actually, the, the truth of the matter is I asked you whether you feel perky enough to uh, hit the record button. <laughs> and oh, you said, well, I can't even stand. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Oh, see, my mind interpreted it to that. That's, can you, so there's something funny that my mind does what Marvin says something that's really harmless and it and in my mind from the way it from the atoms leaving his his energy to hit my brain it turns into the most negative offensive <laughs> comment do you have an example of what one of those no but not not that it comes to mind immediately but something that's completely innocuous um i don't know if you have this expression but it, at least in oz we have an expression called a throwaway comment it was just a throwaway comment you, you've heard of that okay cool and we have so, shoes here in <laughs> well that's good to we know have books and we have schools we have these thunder things called buildings <laughs> ah but do you have drop bears no, we don't have drop bears. You want to tell them what drop bears are? <laughs> you want to not, we're not allowed to know because it's it's a Aussie inside thing. No, no. So um, quite often, um, a lot of tourists when they come to Australia, a lot of them know nothing about Australia, and so you know some of the, the Australian locals that are interacting with them will sort of um, scare them a little bit and sort of tell them about all the dangerous creatures we have, like, you know, spiders and snakes and crocodiles and, you know, all of these other things. But the important thing you need to worry about and be careful of, particularly if you're walking in the forest is these drop bears and these drop bears, they sit up on the branches and they're waiting for, you know, foreign tourists to come and they drop down and they sort of take you down and, um, scares the bejesus out of a lot of people. Can I just give you a clue? Mm -hmm. You don't need drop bears to scare the bejesus out of people. Tell them what happens when they're on bicycles driving in, in the bicycle oh. routes. They have to put eyes on the back of their helmets. Tell them that one. Yeah, so we got a bird called a magpie. I don't know if you have those, but it's think about a crow that is not a crow, but it's roughly the same size. It's predominantly black, but it's got sort of black and white sort of feathering. And when they are nesting, they are particularly aggressive. And in the urban areas, sub suburban areas, um, we have a lot of sort of trees and parkways and whatever. So if you're ever riding your bike or walking and you're walking past a tree that has magpies nesting in them, they have a bit of a tendency to swoop down on top of you. And um, it's, uh, it can be quite dangerous and particularly when people are riding their bikes past one of these nesting sites and they're getting you know dive bombed by these magpies it's not a particularly pleasant experience so a lot of people what they do you know um, here in Oz we you know when you're riding a bike we have to have bike helmets and so what a lot of people do is paint eyes on the back of their helmet 
Because the thing is that these magpies, they won't dive bomb you from the front. They'll only dive bomb you from the back to take the you know surprise and advantage out of you. So a lot of people put eyes on the back of their helmet. And so, he's not joking. He means And it. I'm not joking. That, 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 that is real. serious. By the way, the, the whole drop bear thing, that's really designed to take the piss out of American tourists, just so you know. What does it mean? What does that mean? Take the piss out of them? Um, make fun of. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, scare them, make them pee their pants. Something like that. But it's just, it's a complete joke. So um, anyway, so now I've given you um, uh, the, the inside scoop. Um, and those couple of little jokes, they're not entirely unrelated because the topic of today's episode is the wisdom of the trees, right? So, Jen, you have a real affinity with trees. Oh, my gosh. When I was a little girl, I saw these saplings, these little saplings in my, my neighbor's yard, and I wanted to I wanted to take every one of these saplings and, and put them into the forest. And I'm sorry I didn't do it back then, but I have this really compulsion because I know things and I didn't know how much trees were were keeping me alive this lifetime but I had this affinity to trees my whole lifetime and I wanted to take their saplings and put them somewhere where they could grow because trees love their babies just as much as people do trees want to pro proliferate procreate whatever you want to call it just as much as humans do except um, trees do more for society than like people like because more people take from society and more trees give to you know they give of themselves yep. so anyways so, yeah yeah in in a lot of ways i would <laughs> uh you know in in the most affirming way describe you as the quintessential tree hugger <laughs> um well you know i kiss trees <laughs> so so you don't really <laughs> bothers me is why is hugging a tree so de demeaning don't I mean, know it, look i don't know, know but um um in oz i don't i don't know what it's like uh, where you are but in oz um if someone sort of you know accuses you of being a tree hugger it's it's not meant to be a compliment um right. although right. these days i i actually think more and more it is a compliment well because you you're coming around to truth well, yeah, because, it's like, you know, fine, you know, what's wrong with hugging a tree? You know, then, because yeah. the, like, during the hippie movement, the hippies would turn, turn it into truth. And right. um, they were realizing that the whole genocide that happened because of the Dark Ages was because people who could perceive an energy did communicate with trees. And yeah. druids, druids were actually caretakers of the trees, and they weren't cutting down trees they were cutting down like the vines and the things that were offensive to trees and if a tree you know needed assistance they would chop down parts that were dead and everything but they weren't like randomly chopping down trees they respected the trees um yeah. and that communication with the trees is so sacred that's the divine that's part of the divine goddess energy yeah and so when so when people are hugging the trees, what it's been doing, it's been triggering in people that thing they did in the genocide of pagans, which is the genocide of female energy, which is the genocide of tree lovers. Yeah. So it's, so demoralizing tree lovers has been 
the push of male energy to subjugate female energy. Because wow. that's not common knowledge, is it? <laughs> that's a, um, and, and this is what I love about the work that you're doing is that there's, there's always a unique angle on it. So that angle, the relationship between the desire for some people to hug trees, taking them back to probably what, what do you think about eight centuries back? Do you think Yeah. eight or nine centuries? Yeah. When, and... when the first modern genocide happened and the whole crusades, the whole crusades was all about squelching that connection between, between humans and nature and humans yeah. and the trees. Yeah. Got to tell you another funny story. Um, <clears throat> my colleague and I, uh, on the Saturday over the Easter break, the Easter long weekend, it was a beautiful day where I live on that particular day. Anyway, um, we packed a picnic and, um, put some beers in a ice box and sat under a tree and <laughs> Uh, we decided to dial Jen in on a video conference, you know, while we're you know, out having a picnic in a park under a tree. And um, it was really pleasant. And uh, the beers that we were drinking, we're sucking on some beers. Um, the beers that we were drinking, interestingly, were from a microbrewery that I'm guessing was in someone's garage, um, two suburbs down from where I live. And so the thing is that I went to my local bottle shop and I said to the guy, you know, can you recommend a local beer? Um, something that I, you know, you know, not, not mass produced. Just, I just want to support, you know, local artisan beer makers. And he came up with this, uh, brand I'd never seen it. The packaging was just quite unique and it was just the most amazing beer <laughs> I've ever tasted. And just so you know, I, I think I've told you this before, Jen, but part of my vision, once we're all sort of um, stabilized and whatever, um, financially and sort of from a business perspective, I want to set up my own little microbrewery in my version of a garage to do exactly that, but, but not to sell, not to sell the beer. My version is, um, it's just the joy and love of making something unique and then sharing it with friends and you know, colleagues and that kind of thing. So that's kind of, but anyway, the point of this story, getting back to the story, <laughs> the point of this story. So we had Jen on video on a video call and, you know, she's, <clears throat> we're doing, we're doing, obviously we're doing energy work as we're, you know, having this little picnic and sucking on some beers, my colleague and I. And so then I was taking Jen for a little bit of a walk with a, you know, with a mobile phone, you know, around the park, showing her some of the trees. And she pointed to a particular gum tree, right? So gum tree is native to uh, Australia. And she says, can you hug it? And I said, certainly. And then as I was hugging this tree, she says, would you mind licking it? And I said, not at all. So I was hugging and licking this tree and it had quite an effect on me. Thank you for that. So that's out of your comfort zone a little bit, wouldn't you say? Yeah, look, it is. And, um, you know, you commune with trees quite readily and so do other people that you know. Uh, and my colleague actually communes with trees probably in a different way than you do, Jen. But I don't. Uh, I, I have enormous amount of respect for trees, but I wouldn't suggest for a moment that I have any sort of communication, at least at a conscious level. 
so it might be at an unconscious level. But I spend a lot of time outdoors, um, in the bush, up in the mountains, in and amongst the trees, and I certainly appreciate trees. And, and the suburbs that I live in are very leafy. I won't live in suburbs where there aren't trees, so the suburbs that I live in are very green. Well, so here's the thing. You might look back, once you get it, once you really get what communicating with trees is, you might look back in retrospect and see all yeah. the times when you were being assisted by trees and didn't know it. So yeah. now, looking back on my life, like I told the story about the Christmas tree that that yeah. one year it felt so sorry for me that it just poured all its love into me. Yeah. And um, I, I told you about the, the across from my friend's house, it was a little lot of land and it was nothing. It was just scrappy trees and brush and stuff. And then mm -hmm. I walked through it and one day I looked down and there was a strawberry on there. Now we were really hungry. My my mother wasn't great about making meals and stuff. She made them for her, her, her boyfriend and his kids, but not for us. So right. we went hungry a lot. And so it was like nature was supplying it for me. And so in this little lot, it was probably less than a half of an acre, maybe just an acre. And yep. I found strawberries and then it led me to a whole grove of cherry trees. And ever since wow. I found it, then they were just like, they just like, you couldn't get much. And these were wild. They weren't getting taken care of or nothing, but they just, yep. did. and then there was a um, hickory nut trees we were led to, and there were pears in there and apple trees and berry trees all in this little thing and it was like the yeah. universe was keeping me alive because it mm. knew the work i was going to do as far as like bringing truth to trees and that was its way of loving me because i wasn't getting any human love and i think it's amazing that that the intangible love was what was keeping me alive and at night yeah. when when i went to sleep and it was so scary and in our place because there was no heat there was no love there was um, no warm, just get in there, get into the cold part of the house and just be quiet until morning. The wind would speak to me and the trees would rustle their leaves and they were like reassuring me that it's okay. So the trees were like singing me. I'm just realizing this, the, the trees were singing to me and nurturing yeah. me and they knew who I was in there. So I've learned a lot by by a few years ago, I collected all these saplings to create my own genuine healing forest, which, yeah, by the yeah. way, we, there is a version of it in Vermont, which just happened this year as someone, the landlord was going to cut down all my trees around my house and make me get rid of them. And, and someone swooped in and we got to pay him to uproot all the trees and we moved them all to land in Vermont. And now yeah. the genuine healing forest is in the middle of Vermont. So if you ever yeah. want to go there, let me know, and I'll. Um, I think she'll take, she'll take donations of more trees because we're going to send yeah. some willow trees down there, and and people can go and people who walk around there will get healings just from walking around there because that's what we set it up to do is like, they know how I do healing and the trees do the healing their way and my way to combine. Yeah, that was the intention. So, um, I. I do know that trees don't particularly like to be uprooted and moved, um, but because your landlord was going to chop down all of the trees around your place that you, you know, liked so much, you did 
have them uprooted and relocated. Uh, how how are they doing? Know? How do you know they don't like to be uprooted or whatever? Oh, look, it's just, it, it, it's, it's a very, it's stressful. Uh, I, it is, I, but it's a, but if you talk to the trees, the trees knew what was going on and they were, these trees were all my, my big trees out front that I like my, yep. my caretakers, they take care of me and stuff. All their babies and stuff were in this and, and they grew up like weeds and they were like protecting me because the last four years in this area, I was exposed. The neighbors hated me. I was getting an onslaught of attack and I, I was doing the energy work. And it was a miracle how all these trees just grew up around the house, like, like overnight. And they were like buffering all that negativity. So what happens is the trees collect the negativity from, from the environment and bring it down into the ground and use it as fertilizer. Now, people wow. don't know this about birds, but the reason why birds um, um, collect to the trees is birds are flying through the sky and with their wings and everything, they're collecting stagnant energy from, from the sky. They collect it and they bring it into the trees and then energetically dump it into the trees and the trees take it to the ground and they're recycling and purifying the energies, the subtle energies. And so t birds are very important. And trees are very important, and don't let anyone tell you that they're not. Yeah, and and the trees, the trees in the forest are doing really well. It was, um, they're still connected to me, and they're so happy that they they get to have the consciousness experience of being in Vermont, but also being with me. And um, one day I went out there and I was connecting with them, and I was just like communing with them and really paying attention to them. I come in here and the woman who, Kitty, who, who is t taking care of the forest, sp chose that time to go out with the trees and to like commune with them. And she sent me pictures and said the trees say hi at the same time I was communing with the parents. So there is a connection. What the trees want people to know is we couldn't understand before social media how trees could communicate. Trees can communicate with all the other trees all over the the world through the rooting system. It's kind of like yep. the, the roots are their hard drive. And if pe if trees don't seem to communicate with you, it's because you're not making an attempt to communicate with them. It's almost like a teenager who's on his computer all the time. If you don't talk to the teenager, he's not going to bother with you. He's not going to interface. But if you engage him in what's interesting to him and show what matters to him, he will come up from from the computer and talk to you. It's no different with the trees. Can I, do you want to know some more secrets about the trees? I want to know um, all your, your secrets of the trees. Well, there's so many of them. So the reason I had you lick the tree, give it an open mouth kiss, is because yeah. it can absorb the DNA in your saliva and then imprint, you're imprinted on that tree and then that tree can do healing for you. So the more trees that you can like imprint on and give your love to, the more they can help you heal and restore health and keep you healthy. Wow. Um, um, trees, trees are not, our, our eye filter does not see trees in their, their natural habitat. Trees do, are not just standing there. They're undulating. 
when I see trees in a certain way, not always, but I can catch them and they're undulating like this, like, like you would see a plant underneath the water. Yeah. You know, one Christmas before I knew better, I did want a real tree and I got a real tree, right? And it was a huge tree. And my girlfriend was going to come over afterwards and we were going to like decorate the tree. So I'm sitting there in the apartment right before she got there. I'm staring at the tree and then I see it undulating. All the branches, they're not just, they're moving. They're all moving. The whole thing is dancing like you'd see in a Harry Potter thing, right? Yeah. It was beautiful the way the whole thing is moving and, and it was a dance. And so I'm like, she comes to the door. I said, Shh, and I, I didn't say anything to her. I took her by the hand and I sat her on the couch and I just told her to look at the tree. And because she was holding my hand, she could see it too. She goes, it's dancing, it's moving. And that was her Christmas gift for me is to be able to see trees dance. And she's never forgotten that and stuff. So if you, and if you, if it's a branchy tree, if you stare at it long enough, you can see these big sweeping, kind of like the tree in the Harry Potter movie, but that, that tree is nasty, but they're not nasty. It's just very alarming how, how, how impressive the swings of the branches are. It's, I mean, you don't even need to smoke pot to do that. <laughs> just focus. <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe oh, the 1960s did teach us something. Trees like music. And so I had I, my first genuine forest. I was in this apartment and I had 400 trees out on my balcony. And then, of course, the um, office calls and they're going to like do work on my balcony. So I had to clear the balcony. What's a girl to do with her 400 baby sapling trees? So I converted my kitchen into a nursery and I had 400 trees with all these lamps. And it's really hard to keep 400 baby saplings, you know, happy and thirsty and whatever. So I had all these saplings in my, in, in my kitchen and it was the most loving feeling. It was like Christmas every moment because there was so much love and joy in there. And I would water them and I would give them light and I would give them music and they had preferences. Now they, Mozart was okay. No, Beethoven was okay, but their favorite was Mozart, and they would okay. ask for Mozart. So every night I would I would tuck them in with their 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 um, music and their water, and it was such a loving feeling. And they were just out there, and they were just the love was incredible. Now not all of them made it and stuff. So from that apartment, I moved into this house now, and it was a miracle to find a house in my budget that, uh, of the time, and. Um, that was freestanding where I could do healing and everything. And so I had all these little saplings out there and a lot of them didn't make it. And my sister, I, I teach people around me how to do what I do and then they do it better than me. So my sister was talking to the trees and she goes, don't feel bad that they didn't, a lot of them didn't make it. They did what their purpose was. They were supposed, they were supposed to get you to this point. So they used their energy up to get you to this point. So then when I could, when the, ground um thawed out i put the rest of them back in and they were so thrilled to get into the yard to the ground i thought it would be like the celebration but they just went they, they went in the ground and then their little personalities disappeared and they just like just scampered into the ground and i didn't like i didn't feel them nothing and i was so sad and i was so sad and then one of the little trees personalities came to the surface and it kind of tapped me on the shoulder not really tapped but it said and it explained to me, 
goes, I'm sorry we're being rude. We're just so excited to be back in the ground. We can't contain ourselves. We want to go see everybody and stuff. But we're really grateful for what you did and thank you. And so it explained to me what was happening and stuff. So, so that happened with them. And then I realized that I could go out and talk to the other trees and stuff whenever I needed to. And um, those trees... From those trees, they helped me connect to the fairies, which would probably be another episode of um, understanding how to connect to the fairies and what the fairies have to say and everything. Okay. Do you, should we make the fairies the next episode? Sure. That's fine to do because yeah. it's like fresh and everything. But um, So the vibration of, of loving trees is mm. not just, it's not a linear thing. When you're loving the trees, you're holding a, a place for this atmosphere of interconnectedness. So you're raising the vibration, and you're also you're almost like bringing in that magical component of life back to the land, where like fairy tales do happen, and where magical things do happen. That's the space you're creating between that conduit between you and connecting to the trees. It's not linear, like, oh, I'm studying for a test, I learned from the teacher, and I do the test, and thank you, thank you. No, it's, it creates this fabric of consciousness where mm. the fairies can live, animals and people can communicate, and the trees are more comfortable to being present with you. Does that make sense? Um, I think so. So... Um... It's almost like, um, are you saying that if you're attempting to communicate with trees on your terms when you want it, you know, it may not be that successful, but if you're open to it at all times, then I think you're saying, well, I'm, well I don't know. I'm, I'm not um, exactly sure. Yeah, I think you're hearing me in linear ears. What I'm saying is the more that you make attempts yeah. to, to connect with trees, the more yeah. you create this opening this portal okay, between cool. worlds it's not like hard edged tree it's more like the, the magical yeah. all right so it's something that you need to be doing all the time no there's no needs it's like it's like a love because if you tell a human they need to do something immediately they resent it and want to attack right it. okay but no it's like if you enjoy the fairy tales, if you want the ch your children to have a more magical experience, if you want to open up the imagination, the connection to animals, the connection to trees, take time to just sit with the trees and hold space for that. Yeah. And it's interesting, is one of the impediments in communing with trees the propensity of people to sit in front of their screens for inordinate amounts of time. Well, of course. Think, of course. Because I think what you're saying is, that, you know, if you want to, you know, commune with the trees, you have to engage with them. That means you need to get out of your living room and get outside and so walk amongst them. Really, and... Yeah, there's something really kind of like ironic about people sitting around and watching nature shows on TV. I mean, it, it's nice if that's how you get, but like, like you got the real thing out there. There's a lot of things about humans that trees, we want to know what trees think are very funny about humans. Go for it. 
they'll cut down all the trees, a beautiful uh, grove of trees, and then replant them in a row. Like they have to be in a row, or right. else. and it's like they have to control that. They 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 rake up all the leaves, all the leaves that are a natural food for the trees. They rake them up, send them away, and then they go and they buy it back in mulch. So it's like. <laughs> It's so stupid. Why don't they just use the leaves for mulch, you know? Yeah. Anyways, uh, just other things like that. Oh, they they think it's ridiculous. Like, they like that they consider when they're in your yard, they consider themselves part of your family. But then it's offensive that, that you block them off. Like, this tree could be just as close but in the neighbor's yard. So you won't give it any attention because, oh, it's the neighbor's tree. No, they, they're not compartmentalized like that. If they're in your neighborhood, they're all your trees. It's more communal to them. And they don't understand yep. that, that blocking out boundaries and stuff. What a fascinating conversation. Um, oh, of we course... didn't even talk about what I did today. All right, let's, so, let's do so that. So I got my trees. I got three guardian trees. It's, it creates a, a triangle right outside that window. Two are in my yard, and the other one is over in this brush part. And I thought I had got all the vines off of it a couple of years ago, and it just kept nagging me. And I went behind it, and there was a huge vines behind it. And so me and my friend Therese went out yesterday to take the vines off the trees. And these vines are really nasty. And when we're doing this, this is what I did on the property for a year when I was locked up. And it was almost like good versus evil. It was like these vines are trying to take, there's no value to them. Their only purpose is to piggyback on the growth of the tree and to take down the trees. Without the trees and without things to cling to, they have no no um, support of themselves. And it's symbolic of all the dead weight in humanity, all the dead weight that just like piggybacks on the strong and just tries to pull them down. So, so we're out there cutting down the vines, and I got really strong from doing this. I mean, I almost died a few times doing that. I actually, when I was on the property, I actually axed, put an axe right into my own shin, and I had, a, and I couldn't go to the doctors or anything. I just had to go inside and 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 put a bandaid on it and try to hold the blood in and put more socks on to keep it contained, and the adepts kept kept me safe because it didn't hurt at all. My pain receptors were turned off when I was there because every night I had to take keep the furnace alive and I kept burning my arm every night because I was so weak and I'd burn my arm and I could hear my, my skin singe on the side of the, the furnace and I could see it welt up but I felt no pain. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? I'll, I'll show you the scars sometime. They're pretty light but they're all still there. And anyway, so the trees, I, the trees were like giving me so much love and everything and the vines were, were choking them down and I was taking the vines off. And so yesterday we went outside and we, um, we took the vines off the trees across the street and it was indicative yep. of getting my power back of being the, the druid or being the tree lover and stuff. And it's, did I make you cry again? No. Okay, good. Whew. Sorry. <laughs> You're blurry, so I can't tell if that was happening. So, um, but if you can do that for the trees around you, if they got the vines growing up and they're yep. clearly choking them, 
You yep. want you want to heal yourself. You want to like heal humanity. Go out there and take these vines off and do it mm -hmm. as a surrogate for all the goodness in the world. And you'll be surprised how good you feel. But don't don't be surprised if these vines lash out and try to attack you and stuff. Because Therese got knocked on the head yesterday and she's like yep. bleeding and it came from nowhere. And it's yeah. like, yeah, she wasn't ready for, you know, yeah. to do that. Anyway. Okay. So, and of course, um, we should mention that you have a book um, called The Wisdom of the Trees. So the same mm -hmm. title as this podcast, uh, it contains uh, a lot of wisdom and insight from the trees. I encourage you to take and, a look and, at and that. Sorry, I don't mean to keep interrupting you. Just, there's so much to say. So what, what I found from people who have read the book is yep. it taps, it, it does what a a book's supposed to do at the source. A book isn't supposed to school you. It's supposed to tap you into a means of assisting yourself. So when people read this book, they're able to, they've actually been able to communicate with trees like I do after they do that. And that's the important thing about it. Very good. So we thought we might mention that. Um, encourage you to take a look at that book on Amazon, is it? I think mm -hmm. that's the primary vehicle. On my vehicle. website too. You can get it on my website. Order well, the, well, the website has a, from memory, it has a, a link to the Amazon. So that's the, um, the place where it gets all fulfilled. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you, Darshin. Thank you, listeners. Please like, subscribe. We're trying to get beyond the 585 subscribers. Oh so, it's bothering uh, so frustrating. So I know it's really annoying. So we're watching the subscriber count go up up one or two and then down one or two. So we need to break this threshold. We don't need to, but it'd be just fun because yeah. look, it's to be honest, um, it's the subscriber count and the view count is nothing other than a gauge as to how much the content is getting out there. So clearly we want the messages to get out there. So can thank I, you listeners. What, Sorry, can I ahead, just please. say something on that? It's because, because mm -hmm. it's fuel and stuff and, and yeah. your support, your comments, your supports, your likes, your saves, your interest in what we do actually is the fuel to help us make yep. more. So if, if we don't get fueled, I, you know, cause yep. yeah, uh, we can't drive on, 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 on nothing. And it's like, yep. the outflow is great. And, and people say, thank you, but the thank yous don't mean anything. Cause it, the, our egos don't get stroked. So the support can come through sharing and helping those are suffering because I feel the suffering of others and it's so frustrating to to feel like six degrees of separation between me and those suffering and know I could help them if they could yep. connect to me and there's I see this person and this person and this person in that needs to connect with me through the persons who are connecting with me now for me to get to that person who's suffering and people yep. just think it's a vanity with me. It's not. How can I get to these people? And how can they get a direct line to my intentions if people are too, it's too much work or they can't get over themselves to, to just share and stuff? People are suffering yep. out there. All right. Thank you once again, Jen. Thank you, Darshan. Thank you, listeners. Please share, like, subscribe, comment. Uh, we love the comments. Jen, I think you... Um, respond to most comments. Um, Some when they're mean to me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thankfully we don't get too many of those or you don't. Thank you all. 
look forward to the next episode. Bye for now. Bye for now. Thank you.